Welcome to episode 219 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast topic this week, we're going to chat about the trials and tribulations of the early adopter of technology. As an early adopter myself, uh, this is partly a reflection on my own adventures as I sort of try out new types of tech and sometimes stumble and sometimes do it successfully. Because in many cases, the first version of a consumer tech product is not much better than than a beta release and probably should be uh, uh, stated as such. But uh, initial consumer itera- iterations of products are basically unproven inventions in a lot of cases, and, and not many of them can survive basic QA. In fact, sometimes I feel like... Uh, like I'm basic QA uh, for hmm. some of these. So why why raise this today? Well, with so many tech products that are just becoming part of our lives in our homes, in our workplaces, in our cars, in our public spaces, with all of these being released, uh, starting to feel a little bit like early adopters are the guinea pigs for for consumer technology. Uh, and, and I want to ask the question, you know, well, why be an early adopter? And, you know, what the implications are for introducing all this technology without fully vetting it. So the, uh, the product that, that inspired this, this minor tirade uh, <laughs> of mine is uh, the Amazon look uh, at the Amazon Echo look rather, which, which is this, this camera that's part of the Amazon, I'll call it their IOT suite, although they're not calling it that, but it's this collection of Amazon Echo products that can uh, create the connected home uh, for, for consumers. So, so you have the look, which is this camera uh, and then you also have things like the Amazon Echo, which is the uh, listening device plus speaker um, that can access all your Amazon services. And then there's the Echo Dot, which is the smaller version of that. And they have a portable uh, version of the Echo as well. So the Echo look is essentially this, you know, it takes this picture of you and it can can recommend uh, clothing that that uh, um, you might want to uh, wear. So, so this is clearly not a product for me because I tend to dress in blue jeans, uh, may- maybe some boots or sneakers and, and a button-down shirt. So I'm not really uh, super fashion conscious. But, but this, um, this look product can, can give you a look book, right? So, so you take a picture of yourself. A look uh, book. Yeah. So, so, and of course, you know, the, uh, all these different outfits that you might be interested in. Um, at the same time, there's all these, uh, you know, questions that come up. So you basically have a camera in your bedroom now. I mean, I don't know where you get dressed. I get dressed in my bedroom. So, so now Am- you're welcoming Amazon into, you know, a private room in the house. Um, and it's going to snap pictures of you. I'm I'm sure this you know could work out just fine for some people. And Swingers are going to love it, John. Yeah, it, it 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 just makes me think. You know how how many rounds of QA did this go through? How how is this going to integrate into people's lives? What are the safety issues associated with this if you don't have a locked down 
um, system, uh, you, you know, uh, a Wi-Fi system. Like, is this hackable? I don't know. Um, raises all kinds of questions around early adoption. So when I saw the Amazon look, this is a long way for me to say, I started considering the stuff that, that we put up with when we're trying out new tech products. Uh, so with that said, Dirk, um, you, your thoughts on, on uh, early adoption of the Amazon look, and are there any tech products that, that you've tried out recently where you've been an early adopter? No, you know, I, I'm generally not an early adopter, and um, you know, my time and money are just too valuable for it. Um, as you pointed out, um, the quality of what's being released is questionable. A lot of times, it even looks very fit and finished and polished, but in the overall end-to-end -end experience, it it certainly isn't. And I just have little patience um, and certainly no enjoyment from from dealing with that sort of thing. So I usually wait until things are are stable and sort of clearly, you know, clearly showing a more advanced level of value before I, I jump in. So, you know, I, I did buy an Amazon Echo maybe a year ago, give or take. I guess that might still be considered early adopter for that. I'm not sure. And I regret it. Um, I've unplugged it a couple times. Currently, it is plugged in, but I don't use it. I mean, it's actually what I use it for is it's basically a glorified speaker. Um, it's huh. just a big speaker for the computer and it's a speaker that makes me mad because every time I take my laptop out of range and then bring it back into range, when they sync up, it screams now connected to MacBook pro two, you know, with huge volume, like blasting. Um, and it's so intrusive. It's so stupid. And, you know, I Google it and clearly other people are having the problem, but there's no, no help, no answers from, from Amazon. I mean, it's just such a such an obvious user experience fail. So yeah, I go back and forth again with having it plugged in and not plugged in. But um, yeah, I mean, look, you need early adopters in order to advance the products and get to the point where someone like me will buy them. But I just don't, I don't understand it unless people have an abundance of time and money to, to do that. Because uh, I, I, I just don't see, don't see the value generally. That brings me to uh, one of my first points about being an early adopter is it, it, there's this a group of people who are willing to take on the the unfinished i mean they're they're not they're not intended to be that way but but they're the unfinished products that if they don't get out into the marketplace then uh you you can't get consumer validation so so there's a certain level of i'll I'll call it the DIY maker um, user profile. I know that I, you know, exist with, with within that. I'm interested in uh, doing a little bit of hacking around the house to try to make, you know, automated systems happen. I've always been interested in taking apart things or digging into the code on, you know, my uh, computer or or what have you. I'm not a a good engineer by any means, but I do have uh, enough curiosity, enough willingness to uh, fuss with things long enough to, you know, get that that perceived benefit that uh, that a new a new product might might bring, and that's been you know part of my personality type my uh, entire life. But I, I'm getting to the point here, which is that this this early user group, these DIY maker types, are really um, helping to propel an awful lot of consumer tech right now because without 
early adopters without people willing to waste their money and time and, you know, in almost a hobby-like fashion to make these things work and provide the feedback to the company, I don't think you can have consumer tech as we know it right now. I think that early adopters are actually sort of the, the unsung most valuable players. And I'm not, you know, saying this because I'm an early adopter of certain <laughs> types of things. I certainly am not that way across all, you know, all technology. I could never afford it. But I do understand this, this person who's willing to go out and experiment a little bit um, and take some risks on things. And as, as consumer tech uh, continues to go down this path of really pushing the envelope with services that are not ready for prime time, I think this is extremely valuable. In fact, I can see why consumer tech companies would be you know, trying to push out products to this group and, and, and maybe, uh, I don't know, get their buy-in. Uh, w- without it, I, I think consumer tech is 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 not going to make it at least at least not with the model we have now. Um, so so that's point number one. Number two is that uh, I think there's a certain level of of risk involved in in this sort of early adoption uh, when we're talking about connected products. So for instance, I mean. There's all kinds of camera products uh, on the market now, and and you've got baby monitors that are connected to the internet. You've got the Amazon Look, which is sitting in your bedroom. You've you've got products that are becoming very intimately associated with our lives now. So I can't help but wonder if if being an early adopter is going to require some risk tolerance as well, in addition to this DIY mindset. Dirk, your thoughts on that? I mean, it seems like we're setting up products now that are so much more intrusive, especially when you're talking about audio listening or or the camera devices that I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, that gets back to a comment I wanted to make on, you know, when you were saying how early adopters are just so, so valuable. I mean, I would say, yes, they are so valuable to the company. It's not mm-hmm. clear to me that they're valuable to the world. Uh, you know, a lot of the technologies being pursued, we don't need them. Um, they they may be better. They may lead to things that are even better, better, better. But, I mean, the to me, the jury is, is very much still out on whether an always-on digitally engaged existence is – the healthiest way for us as animals to live. And, you know, I don't, I don't have an answer to that one way or another, but I think we certainly, there certainly is a lack of balance right now as the shift to the digital has shifted us to be more sedentary, has shifted us to be more isolated, has shifted us away from, from social stuff. And so, all of these new consumer technologies that are taking digital farther that are being driven by early adopters, as you pointed out, that's not necessarily a great path. Um, I, I would certainly say it's a path that is, it's pushing the digital, it's pushing this paradigm way far forward, even as we are not very good at maintaining healthy interpersonal relationships or uh, being in good physical health or uh, a lot of other things that are um, core and essential to human wellness and happiness and longevity. So, you know, for me, like the the more intricate questions about the interrelationships between these different technologies um, in the context of, of 
pushing forward consumer products is, you know, it's sort of doubling down on something that we've probably put too much into in the first place. We really, we are really missing some balance in terms of looking at the holistic self and, uh, you know, striving toward a, a better version of humanity. We just continue to strive toward a more um, sort of digitally erect manifestation of humanity. And I think we're, we're missing some key facets along the way. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting take. And, and as we become more digitized and tech affluent, the ability to sort of balance out all of the uh, the social factors you, that you described there are, uh, you're right, we, we don't have a very good uh, way of balancing that and enabling people to uh, uh, have both online and offline uh, lives that are that are sort of well integrated. The, the last point I wanted to make on this uh, trials and tribulations of early adoption is that there's an interesting strategic uh, opportunity here, I think, especially for Internet of Things type consumer companies in that the relationships that you're establishing as, as an IoT consumer company with, with your audience are now these uh, uh, sort of continuous relationships. So I'm in a relationship, I have a relationship with Amazon that is extended through my my uh, you know Echo device that you know is this continuous feedback loop now, whether it's stuff I'm ordering or things I'm listening to or or what have you, um, and and if you think about how that is true for a variety of products in the home, for instance your home entertainment or your washing machine or whatever whatever else it is that you're going to uh, be connecting. This continuous feedback is a very different sort of relationship than uh, sort of the one and done product design and and creation and purchase cycle that we're used to in the past. So I think there is a a need for uh, a strategic understanding of the early adopter in a company's innovation cycle now, almost as if it's not just a sort of user-centered design or getting users involved in the design process or even in getting you know feedback around it but but it's this uh, this continuous relationship that is only just beginning between companies and and early adopters and eventually you know fast followers and and sort of the the, the masses of people but it's an interesting trend as these relationships become deepened that, you know, I, I don't know, frankly, if I'm ready for any of that. Um, and I'm sort of into the the echo uh, early adoption almost by mistake, because it's just sort of there. And I love music and whatever it seems to work. So I do think that from a design perspective, we have this uh, strategic opportunity now to relate to companies via these products that needs to be tapped into and and better cultivated. What the output is of that, I'm, I'm not sure yet, but I know that the value is there for being part of uh, an early adoption cycle. Dirk, I'm almost certain that, uh, <laughs> that this kind of relationship with a company would be entirely unappealing to you, but what, what's your take on, on, on that relationship? 
Well, you know, then it really depends on what the compensation model looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the current compensation model is uh, early adopter, pay a lot of money and fight and struggle with our crap, and we'll make more profits and better stuff so that other people get it right out of the box. Uh, if that is the continuing compensation model, I have less than zero interest. You're correct. Um, however, if there is a comp model and if there is a product or a development process that is striving to output something that I would value, that I see not just as um, not just as something that's cool um, and maybe interesting, but something that I'm really passionate about and excited about and think can make the world better or make my life better in really tangible ways. Um, you know, if if I'm not just a mule who's being um, who's being used for free labor, if there's some sort of a reciprocity there, I'd love to be involved because I I know that I have um, insight and ability in helping to improve products in in general, along with a lot of experience. So if there's a way that I can be incentivized to contribute some of that in the context of this broader process, um, yeah, I'd be open to it. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at DNemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 219 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.